uh, just thankful that Chad invited me, and uh, I'm thankful for Chestnut Dale, always has, always have been. Uh, on the way over here, we talked about it. It just makes me want some apple butter. So if I had a big old biscuit and a big old jar of apple butter, I wouldn't complain too much. Y'all still do that? No, I don't do the heritage thing no more. Boy, I, that, was, that was good. That was fun, though. Uh, sure was. All right, if you'll take your Bibles today and turn in the book of Micah, one of the minor prophets. Um, of course, when Chad asked, I said, sure, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. And I, I don't think I'd left the church yet when he, uh, uh, he knew I was leaving. But uh, if you'll forgive us, I'm a little scatterbrained. We, we've been kind of living upside down, trying to move back to our house in Spruce Pine and uh, uh, trying to work. I work full-time at Mitchell Medics um, as a paramedic there. And so uh, um, just feels... Well, it feels good to be back behind the pulpit preaching this morning, but uh, things didn't work out like we had hoped, and uh, so I've been living the last couple of weeks through a bathroom remodel, and but uh, somebody got to enjoy her new shower this morning for the first time, so uh, in about a month, so <laughs> yippee! Oh. Guess it would kind of sounded like that, did it? So, uh, no. Thank, thank the Lord, bless us with a camper, and it's been parked beside the house, so that's that's where we've been going. But uh, yeah, all right. If I had a title for today's sermon, it'd probably just be "Living Life." Life is. Uh, Pretty interesting, is it? You know, we we do things. We um, we go to work. We raise our families. We have our kids or grandkids. Uh, we have our hobbies, the things that we like to do. Living life. Life is interesting. Life is good. There's good days and bad days, as I've heard my entire life. It's the rainy days that makes you appreciate the sunny days. You know that kind of thing. So that's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to kind of get our mind uh, kind of focused on just living life. Uh, We were talking on the way over. Uh, Next week we'll be down at the beach uh, camping. Uh, And our son from Colorado, him him and his family, they come every year. And and, uh, I think getting to see us is a bonus. They just want to be at the beach. But uh, we enjoy that time, and we was talking on the way over, me and T.C., my wife T.C., the letters T.C., that's her name. Some of y'all, I know uh, Rita remembers. I had some good stories for Rita, about Rita, because I really like to pick on Rita, but then I remembered she knows a lot about me, so I figured I'll just avoid that altogether. Uh, but, uh, but we were talking about that and how when they get there, they'll stay in the ocean for hours, and they get back. I mean, that, that in itself right there would be enough to knock me out for the next day or so. But uh, they'll get back and they're ready to go again. And they're young and they've got a lot of energy. And we're down there and we're like, just want to rest. Just want to sit up here under the shade for a while and enjoy the breeze. 
or something, but uh, a lot of difference. So, th- so there's certainly a difference between uh, young people living their life and, and older folks living their life. And, uh, you know, my whole life I've heard people say, well, these young kids these days. But we were all young once, and we thought we knew it all. But in this passage of Scripture in uh, Micah chapter 6, verse 8, uh, I think the Lord, uh, through, through His Word, gives us a huge uh, life lesson, if you will. So we're talking about living life. So get our minds focused on that, living life. And I'm going to ask you a question in this life, what does the Lord require? So that's my question to you. That's how we're going to get started today. What does the Lord require of you? Uh, I think we could probably all agree that all of us here, we, if the Lord requires us to do something, we want to do it, don't we? If the Lord wants us to do this, that, and the other, A, B, or C, whatever it is, we would really like to do that, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, that's, that's, uh, this means yes, and that means no. You, know, you, you can answer me. It's, it's not a rhetorical question. Uh, it's, uh, uh, when you think about it, if God wants you to go across the street and talk to someone, you want to do it. If God, want, you know, if God wants you to go to a different country, you might want to talk to the Lord about that a little bit. But if that's what He wants you to do, ultimately, that's what you need to do. In our life of ministry, we've had to uh, leave places. We just resigned a church uh, some of the best people in the world that I've ever met uh, was there nine years. And to be honest with you, we really didn't want to leave. It was, it was just so comfortable there. And, and the folks were just so good to us and really didn't want to leave. But we felt like that's what the Lord was telling us to do. So that's what we had to do. What does the Lord require? In this passage, the Lord calls the people into His courtroom. Now, in chapter 6 here of Micah, verse 8, this is what the Bible says. He says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, that the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. So in this chapter, it's such a, in this whole book, you know, as I began to prepare for this, and I felt the Lord lead me here, and I began to prepare for this. I like to study in the mornings. That's when it's the quietest. And uh, over several mornings, the, the Lord led me here. And I began to think about this. And I read back in the chapter. I know a lot of things going on. And it's a story that we've heard time and time and time again. Where God's people, just through circumstance, through decision, just walks away from serving the Lord. But we've done that too, haven't we? I don't know, maybe some of you have never done that. But I know in my life, for whatever reason, just walked away from what the Lord was having us to do. And so that's what's going on here again. And so in this setting, questions are being asked. In fact, God is asking some questions. For example, God asks in this chapter, What have I done that has caused you to turn from me? Imagine for just a moment God asking you that question. You get up in the morning and God asks you, What have I done? I've been nothing but good to you. What have I done that has caused you to turn from me? Imagine for a moment God asking you that question there in verse 3. And then God continued on, Remember when I brought you out of slavery, out of Egypt? 
in verse 4, and, and then in verse 7 and 8, God kind of turns the tide just a little bit, and He laid out some things that He requires. Now, certainly we're in a different circumstance, a different, different situation than what these folks are uh, here, God's people in the Old Testament here, but there's certainly lessons that you and I can learn. But you know what? In this world, there are requirements. There's certainly requirements. We have to have a license to drive, to hunt, to fish. Um, you got to have a license to carry a concealed gun. They make you. Uh, they kind of encourage. I guess they require you to have a license to fly an airplane. I don't know why, but uh, apparently some kind of trainer or something they want you to go through. You gotta have a license to build a house. You even gotta have a license to cut hair. Most counties make you have a license to own a dog. You gotta buy a dog license. You gotta have a license. There's a lot of requirements. Someone said one time, said, I own my property straight out. I ain't gotta pay for it no more. I ain't, I ain't put no more money in it. But you stop paying your taxes, and what will happen? It won't be your property no more, will it? The county will come and take it. So there's a lot of things in this world. You know, I read in the state of Oregon that you've got to have a license to collect rainwater. I mean, you've got to have a license for all kind of stuff. It's just crazy. So there's a lot of things in this world that is required in order for a person to own it, sell it, or partake of it. But God has requirements. Before we get into this, think about it. The Bible says that it is impossible for us to please God without what? Faith. So that means that faith is a requirement if you want to please God. Simply put in Hebrews 11, it is impossible to please God without faith. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and what? The life. I'm the way, the, the truth, and the life. No man may come to the Father but by me. Amen. You know how you get to the Father? It's a requirement through Jesus Christ. God required a sacrifice to be made. We needed a replacement. We needed someone to pay the penalty for our sin, and Jesus did exactly that. So the fact of the matter is, God has some requirements. He certainly does. Now, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, as we've already read, again, the Bible says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. In the original language, that word require is, is derash, meaning to resort to, or to seek, uh, to consult with, or to inquire and it's sort of a legal term, and so that's why here in chapter 6, uh, God is calling His people. Go back up to verse 2, or I'll just start with verse 1. Hear ye now what the Lord saith, Arise, He's talking to His people, Arise, Micah says, Contend, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills, hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy. And what this means is uh, the Lord has an issue. 
And so God has come before His people and say this, I've got something against you. I've got somewhat against you. And this has happened numerous times in the history of God's people. And so that's what God is, what God is saying here. So the first thing He says to do what? Do justly. He says this for first, do the right thing. Didn't you learn that from your mom and daddy? You know, we learned, Tisha and I worked in uh, children's homes, different things before. All kids are not raised right. You know? And, and I know that I was raised right because my daddy said it was right. <laughs> and, and what he said went, apparently. <laughs> but, you know, all these kids that we have in our care at uh, different times in our life, um, you know, their parents don't all, didn't always raise them right. But thankfully, I know most of you were raised right. And the Bible says here to do what is right. But unfortunately, we're not talking about doing what's right in daddy's eyes and grandma's eyes. Only if grandma does what's right in God's eyes. So that's what the Bible is saying. Not in your eyes, not in your mama or your daddy or grandparents, not in the state, not in the government, but doing what is right in God's eyes. We know, don't we? We know as Christians we're living our life and we do something, we say something, we go somewhere and you begin to feel it. You're like, ah, oh, I was having fun. But you begin to feel that conviction knowing that you shouldn't be there, you shouldn't be saying that, you shouldn't be laughing at that joke. And all of a sudden we come under conviction and we know and according to God and His Word, we have to do what's right. God requires us to do what is right and fair in relationships with, our, with other people. It's as simple as being uh, honest in a simple transaction with someone else. Over in verse 11, the prophet complained about the person who used dishonest scales with a bag of false weights. We don't need to do that at all. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, we read this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So how many here today says, you know what? Living the Christian life is easy. It's simple. It's really easy. No, nothing to it. I don't think any of us would say that. I read a story about a little boy in a grocery store. And... Uh, he, he, he was kind of standing over there next to some, uh, a, a bag of chips that had been open. And, uh, well, the grocery, the grocer come up to him and says, Now, young man, what are you up to? Boy says, Nothing. Nothing. He says, Looks like to me you're trying to take some of them chips out of that bag. And the little boy says, Mister, you're wrong. I'm here trying not to take chips from that bag. That's the way life is a lot. A lot of times, we're just trying not to do something. Our spirit, our flesh, wants to do it. How many knows what I'm talking about? Our flesh wants to do it, but we know good and well, because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that we are not to be doing that. And so we could be like that little boy. God, I'm trying not to do that. Indeed. We must settle it deep in our hearts to be people of integrity and to be on guard and do 
what is right. You know, temptation is not a sin. Every single one of us here this morning is going to be tempted. Temptation is not a sin. But our decision, once we've been uh, tempted, determines right or wrong. I know when I'm at the buffet, my belly's telling me it's time to quit. But my mind gets to thinking about that second helping of dessert or something or maybe some more of that good meat or whatever. And I know if I overeat, it's a sin. We're doing bad things to our body. Sometimes you just got to work out a deal with the Lord when you're at the buffet. So Micah tells us three things. One of them is this. Do what's right. It's easily said, but it's hard to do, is it not? Easy to say it. I mean, do what's right. But sometimes it is hard, hard, hard to do. Do what's right, number one. Number two, love mercy. God says to love mercy. Read a story. Said about, talked about a businessman. This guy, he needed uh, uh, his website done really nice, you know. And so he needed a professional picture taken of himself so he could put himself, uh, his picture on the website there. And so the guy does it, takes the picture, and the guy begins to look at the picture. Don't you hate to look at pictures of yourself? Or even worse, see yourself in a video and say, is that what I sound like? <laughs> I'm a hick. Goodness. But you see yourself in a picture and you're like, man, if they'd have told me, I'd have sucked it in a little bit. But anyway, this guy needed a picture took, and he began to look at this picture, and he says, you know what? This doesn't do me any justice. And the photographer says, son, with your face, you don't need justice, you need mercy. <laughs> I thought that was funny. We all need mercy, don't we? We all need mercy. Oh, is it mercy good? You know, when you've done something, and, and husbands, you know what I'm talking about. We do something, and we say something, and we know just as soon as we said that, just as soon as the words come out of our mouth, we think in our heads, is there any way for me to back out of this? And so now we've got a decision to make. Are we going to stand our ground, or are we going to try to back out of this? And I know most of you husbands like me have learned that it's better to try to back out of that. But sometimes, don't you just want to kind of take a step forward just a little bit, test the waters, you know. Maybe you was right and didn't even know it. I don't know. But uh, we certainly need mercy in our lives. We're compelled by Christ to offer other people mercy. And here's the thing. And I know that y'all have experienced this, because I certainly have. How can we not offer someone else mercy? when so much mercy has been offered to us? How can we not? How can we not offer others mercy? I know some folks make you mad. I know uh, whether you're driving down the road and you're sitting there and you're thinking, the speed limit is 55, not 53. I mean, two miles an hour makes a big difference. My folks over at Warrensville, I joke all the time because we've got a section between Warrensville and West Jefferson called the Devil's Stairs. And the state 
you know, makes a recommendation that you go 35 through there. But it's safely, you can safely go through there at 60, 65, no problem. <laughs> you know, and I feel like everybody ought to feel that way. <laughs> but it never failed. Somebody would sit at the little restaurant there in Warrensville and wait for me to pull out and pull right out in front of me and go about 20 mile an hour through Devil's Stairs. And I'm like, I have very little patience. <laughs> but uh, uh, we need mercy. Maybe the Lord's trying. Uh, I caught a nerve there. Some, I believe I see a lot of smiling going on there. I know it. I know Squirrel Creek's probably the same way, ain't it? <laughs> but uh, uh, we all need mercy. But we also need to offer it. And we're compelled by Christ to offer unconditional acceptance of others to love them. I'm not saying we've got to accept their sin. I don't accept their sin. I don't accept my own sin. But I know God has showed me mercy. And I know that I have to show others mercy. Story of a kingdom. In a, and in that kingdom was a king. And he had a large garden and this great orchard. And the king had a gardener. And one day the gardener brought the king some cherries. But they were really sour. So the king threw them at the gardener. And it hurt him just a bit. So in turn the gardener said, God is merciful. Why do you say that? The king asked him. To which the gardener replied, Because I almost brought you pineapple. So you stop and think about it. I'd rather have a cherry thrown at me than a pineapple. So in this life, one thing may happen, but we ought to thank God that something else didn't happen, right? Oh, I wish I could live my life that way all the time, don't you? Don't you wish you could be grateful for every little thing that happened in your life, even when things aren't going your way and things go wrong? I'll tell you, I, just, I, can't, I can't help but share the story. I told you we're, we're going through a bathroom remodel and, and i tell you what, I was up under the house last night at 10 o'clock with a, a friend of mine named Matt and uh, I had a bad water leak and it took us hours to get this thing fixed. And it just kept happening. Boy, I tell you, I was up under the house and I was laying up there. Now, I don't know much about doing stuff. I can tear up anything. But I can pray. And I was laying up under that house and I prayed, God, please let that solder hold. And it wouldn't. And we'd do it again, and do it again, and do it again. Well, I'm sitting here preaching this sermon, and I'm thinking, was I supposed to be grateful for that? <laughs> I missed that exit somewhere along the way. But think about our life, and think about all the things that happens in our life, and think about how much worse it could be. So the gardener says, hey, uh, it hurt a little bit when I got hit by a cherry, but thank God I didn't bring those pineapples, right? We all need mercy. We can all show mercy in big ways, but we can show mercy in small ways. Luke chapter 6 verse 36 says this, Be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Sounds like a requirement to me, doesn't it? You ever known somebody in life that just won't forgive anybody? If they've ever wronged you, or if you've ever wronged them, they just will not forgive. And folks like that die a horrible death, I think. So to love mercy is to love others with God's heart. To see them as God sees them. 
to hear them as God hears them, and to be a lover of mercy. Do what's right. That's what the Bible's telling us. Do what's right. Act justly. Do what's right. Love mercy. Love mercy. To love mercy is to love others. God has made His requirements. And these requirements, according to Scripture here, are fairly simple. And and being simple, which I'm a simple-minded kind of person, and I need things laid out for me fairly simple. And that means to act justly and to show God's mercy. So how do we do this? We do this by sharing grace and not judgment. Someone, someone in your life, someone in your day, someone in your week, this coming week, is going to need grace and not judgment. Guarantee, because that's about every day. We do this by sharing forgiveness and not blame. We do this by sharing God's patience and not being irritated and not being aggravated. I know, I need to be the first one at the altar. So Lord, I need help on that one. We do this by sharing God's kindness and not harshness. Those simple little things. Do justly and love mercy. And then lastly, Mike, uh, Micah writes that we are to walk humbly with our God. To walk humbly with our God. And that means simply to accept God. God is God and we are not Him. Right? I've heard, I heard someone say that one. God is God and you are not Him, is what he said. So to walk humbly with God simply means that we are to accept God for who He is. Jehovah God. He's our King. He's our Savior. He's our Creator. He's our Redeemer. And that's the relationship that we have with our Father in Heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. Realize that God is in control. Not you and not me, but God is in control and we humble ourselves before God. We love God. We love God. I love the Ten Commandments, but I got news for you. I can't, I can't hold the Ten Commandments. I can't keep them. I fail. I cannot keep the Ten Commandments. But Jesus says, I'm going to take the Ten Commandments and I'm going to put them under two. I want you to love God and love others. That's what Jesus says in the New Testament. Many people say, no, no, sir, we're not going to do that. We've got the Ten Commandments. Nobody here can keep the Ten Commandments. Nobody. But through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can love God and we can love people. We need to give God the proper place in our life. And sometimes, in fact, all the time, most of the time, We have to get out of the way and let God have the proper place. God wants us as individuals and as a nation to follow those two commands. Love God and love people. That's what the Lord Jesus said. When we do what's right and when we show mercy, this is the relationship that God wants us to have with our fellow man. Now, I don't like everybody. You like everybody? 
I bet you would. We need to be more like Him, don't we? Even Jesus says we need to be more like children because of that innocence and that preciousness. But no, we get older, don't we? And we grow into a grouchy old man. (laughs) I'm not going to say a grouchy young lady. (laughs) I'm not even going to go down that road at all. (laughs) That was very precious. Thank you. I needed that. I'll remember that smile when somebody gets behind me between here and where I'm going to eat at. I'm going to remember that smile like, bless them. <laughs> They're precious. Let's go 20 mile an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone. They're so precious. I just need to remember all that. When we do what's right and we show mercy, that's the relationship that God wants to have with us and that God wants us to have with other people. That's what makes us upstanding citizens. That's, that's one of the things that made America great and probably the one, one of many things that just keeps God hanging on before He calls us home, before He comes back. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of evil in this world. And it seems like it's getting worse. But there's a lot of good people in this world too, aren't they? There's a lot of wonderful, beautiful, sweet people in this world. And you and I need to remember that. In fact, we need to be one of them. We need to be one of them. To walk humbly with God is a relationship that He wants to have with us. For us to walk humbly. I know who I am. I know how to stay in my lane. I know what I can do. Back over at my church, we've, we've always had an active Baptist men group and they do a lot of projects, handicap ramps and eating breakfast. I'm, I'm best at that. But they, do, they go and do a lot of projects. And you know what? I know how to stay in my lane. I know how to go to that cooler and get those bottles of water and bring it to those men who are working. I was always upset and offended that they never let me use any of the power tools. <laughs> but, but I would stand there and give encouragement and give them water. They did a project one time when we was on vacation. They said they, they about thirst to death because I wasn't there. That made me feel special. I know my lane. Folks, if we are to turn our country back to God, it's not going to start in the legislature. It's going to start in our hearts. It's going to start with individuals using these three simple commands. And then through the process of studying for this message, and, and, and you know, when, as a preacher, you know, you, you start studying, you start reading, but you're also living life. And you think, ooh, I messed up on that one. <laughs> but aren't you glad that God is a God of Second chances and third chances and fourth chances because it seems like I just keep messing up. But the fact of the matter is this. God makes it real simple. And today you and I can make it real. Do justice. Do justice. Look after fatherless. Feed the hungry. Fight for the helpless. Absolutely 100%.
but that one little kind thing that you could do for someone could make a difference in their life. Have you ever been doing something and you was in a really bad mood? You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You're doing something and you're saying stuff like, Really? <laughs> you know, things just isn't going like you had planned. And you're out and about. And someone does something as simple as say, Oh, no, you go ahead. It just kind of brings you back to the reality that there's good people in this world. And it reminds you that you are to do good things as well. Do justice. Love mercy. Redeeming the image of God in all of mankind. Some people are hard to like. Right? Do you have people in your family? Do you have friends? Do you have neighbors that you say, Man, I love them in the Lord, but I don't like them at all. (laughs) But when we begin to see people as God sees them, we hear people as God hears them. That will make a difference in our life. And walk humbly. The Bible tells us that the Lord opposes the proud. Think about that. But He gives grace to the humble. Think about what Scripture is saying. God opposes the proud. Now, what's going on this month? You say, oh, you're going to go there. But it's Pride Month. That rainbow means one thing to me. That means God's never, God gave me a promise. I'm taking my rainbow back. The Lord opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So our attitude should be that the same as of Christ, who did what? He humbled Himself, the Bible says, and He became obedient even unto death. So the Lord Jesus Christ is our example. I'm not your example and you're not mine. But the Lord Jesus Christ is our example. So what does the Bible say here? Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Let us pray together. God, we just pause uh, during this time. Heavenly Father, we we think about this. I know we get busy in life. We've got all these things going on. But Lord, I hope that this message is just a simple reminder that we just need to stop, maybe slow down, and to remember that you have what I've talked about today is requirements. You've got things that we must do. You require this of us. And you say this to your people in Micah, but it stands true for us today to do these three things. To live our lives according to Scripture. So Lord, I hope and and my, my prayer is today that all of us, including me, will take this encouragement and go into the coming week, into the coming month, and the coming year and be reminded how we should act, how we should love, and how we should walk. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Kindly, I'll turn it over to you. If we're going to sing a hymn of invitation, I certainly would like for us to do that. Um, and as we do that, I, I don't know if you need to be at the altar. The altar certainly open. But even where you stand, even where you sit,
Maybe the Lord wants to deal with you. So let's, let's, uh, let's sing a hymn. Number 81. We'll stand together. Again, I appreciate you uh, sitting here and not leaving when, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, when I pulled up. But uh, so I'm I really glad to be here. And brother, I'll just turn it back over to you.